So as mentioned previously, it's important to differentiate between the various categories of muktzah, and that's why we had an entire shir dedicated to going through or highlighting some of the different categories. So the first one we'll focus on is muktzah machmas chesam kis. We're just following the order of the shulchan aruch. If you're following along, shulchan aruch simen shin ches and arachayim. If you have a mishnah brewer at home, so mishnah brewer chelik gimel. If you have an English set, this is a seminar chapter 308. And the first example, the first category he discusses is Muktzamach Maschisarinkis. The Gemara, or the Mishnah and Shabbos, Kuf Chav identifies this as, or gives an, gives an example of a plow, a piece of a plow, or a saw, where these things were dedicated for their specific use. And Rashi explains you wouldn't use it for something else. And that gets the label of Muktzamach Meschasarinkis, due to its value, I wouldn't use it for other things, and that becomes Muktzan Shabbos. Now, why is that? So, again, we mentioned in the first year that Muktzah is all about pushed aside from my reality on Shabbos. I'm not, I have no plans of using this, using this on Shabbos, and therefore it's not prepared, and it's muksa, and that's the xerot uh, rabbana, not to use things that you don't need on Shabbos. So when something wouldn't typically be used for a different use, it makes sense that this would be muksa machamas chesarinkes. Now it's important to know that if something is in fact muksa machamas chesarinkes, that means it's very muksa, and you cannot move it simply to sit on a couch. You cannot move your, let's assume a an iPad is muksa machmas chesar and kiss, and it's on your couch. You cannot pick up the iPad to simply sit on the couch. So it's important to know what is under the umbrella of muksa machmas chesar and kiss, and what might be a lower level of muksa. Okay. So let's look at a very important machlekes in the Acharnim. And before we get to the machlekes, let's ask the following question. Let's say a person has a very expensive kiddush cup, or a very expensive wedding gown, or kittel, some of the poets can discuss. Can that be labeled Let's say a person would never use it for anything else. So can that become Or perhaps, no, only something that cannot be used in Shabbos anyways, because it's a cleat, like a hammer, or as the Mishnah spoke about, a plow, or, as the Shochnar talks about, a shechitana, if you can't shecht on Shabbos. So maybe that's the only time we'll give it this identity of muktzamach maschasarikis. And that, in fact, is the shita of the Tehillah Ladavah. The Tehillah Ladavah Paskins, that the only time we say something is muktzamach maschasarikis is if it's in addition to the fact that it's a keli shemalach de la isra, that it's a keli which cannot be used on Shabbos anyways because... The typical malacha of the keli is the typical use of the keli is to do a malacha. Now, why is this? So, when we talk about muksa, it has to, it means that it's set aside from your mind. You're not going to use it on Shabbos. So here, it's like a two-step setting aside. Number one, I cannot use it on Shabbos because the typical use is to build or to write with. Or you know to type whatever it's a laptop, so at first the first step is it's already muksa, because the typical use is to perform an iser on Shabbos. Not only that, it's valuable. So I have two reasons why I wouldn't use it on Shabbos. Number one, the standard use is to do a malacha. Number two, it's so valuable I wouldn't use it for a different use. And therefore, the Tila David writes you need to have. It needs to be both a keli shemalach to the Easter and 
has to have this value that you wouldn't use for something else in order for it to be called Now the Mishabura does Paskin like the Tila David for the most part. He doesn't really quote the Tila David. He doesn't really quote him at all in, in the, the entire set of, in, in the six volumes of Mishabura. But he seems to go with this opinion. However, he, there's one exception. If a person designates a place for it, you have a special place where you keep something, then even if it is a keli, let's say a wedding gown, if you designate a place for it, not simply to hang it up, but you, you put it somewhere so that it doesn't get ruined, you've shown how significant it is to you, and that could also be identified as muktza machmas chesarinkis. So according to the Mishibur, if someone has a very expensive kiddush cup that they never use, they never use it on Shabbos, even though technically you could, it, it, it could hold wine, it could hold water, you would never ever use it. Not only that, you, get, you designate a place for it so that nobody touches it, it doesn't get ruined, then it could in fact be called muktza machmas chesarinkis. Some of the later Achorinim discuss a kittel or a wedding gown, so I think for most people, the kittel, they just hang up in the closet, whatever. It's not such an expensive item. Again, ex- the expensive part is not the, the main part of this discussion. But I don't know, if someone took out your kittel and he wore it, I don't know, he wouldn't care so much. Maybe a wedding gown, if you really, really uh, you don't want anyone touching it, coming near it. So then perhaps it might be considered muktzamach machasarankes. There is a, another shita, Rabbi Vadi Yosef. He holds that no, that even if you put a designate a room for it, if the normal use of this is laheter, technically you could wear the wedding gown, or you could use the kiddush cups, even if you have this extreme case, like the Mishra gave us, where you you designate a place for it, as long as the use of this item is mutter on Shabbos, it will not be called However, there's one exception that Rabbi agrees to, quoted in, the, in his son's Sefer, in the Yakut Yosef, that schaira, which means merchandise, even if it's leheter, meaning a person sells things that could be used on Shabbos, but since it's designated for schaira, so a person who owns a store wouldn't want people using it for their own personal uses, and therefore the schaira, the merchandise, would in fact be considered The exceptions to this would be food, or uh, as the Mishnah explains when he talks about merchandise, let's say a person doesn't care, he doesn't mind. Uh, you know, regarding his schaira. He doesn't care that people, you know, let's say he sells books. People open the books. Let's say he, I don't know, he sells uh, plastic plates. He doesn't care that people play with it or take some. He doesn't care so much. So for him, the the clay schaira would not be muktzamach m'schasarankes. So already getting towards a very important yesite, which we'll get to later, in the in in the podcast, not this podcast, in a, in a later podcast, that muktzah is extremely subjective, and we really try to figure out for this person or this category of or a certain category of people, are do they consider this valuable? Do they consider this useful? We will see this concept coming up often in hal- the halachas of muktzah. So according to Rabbi Yosef. For most things, they would not be muksa as long as it's the normal use is laheter on Shabbos. However, merchandise would be the exception. 
we, we mentioned that if someone doesn't care so much about their merchandise or it's food, it seems like that would not be a problem. There's another interesting question. What if a person has some merchandise, which they typically would not use on a regular day, meaning it's merchandise, but in their situation, they, they, they're embarrassed, they have a guest. The example people give is, let's say you sell challah covers. Okay, so now you, you, that's, that's, that's your parnasa, but you invited people for Shabbos, you're looking around the house, and you do not have a respectable challah cover. You, you're thinking about going into your inventory, into your garage, into your basement, and taking something that you sell, and you'll use it on Shabbos. So at first glance, there should be muksa. It's muksa, it's merchandise, and... It's something you wouldn't typically use all the time. You don't typically use it. So that would that would be muksa. And in fact, that's how we would paskin. That a person cannot take their merchandise out of inventory unless they're the type that they don't care if people would use it. You know, So if you really care, it's $200 a piece. Or even if it's less than that. But for you, it's significant. You wouldn't use it for anything else, as Rashi explains. Then you would not be able to take your challah cover out of inventory and use it on Shabbos. So... What do you do? There is a there is a heter, without getting into the lambdas. Don't want to bog anyone down on the uh, on, on a short ten minute podcast. But if a person decides that I am taking this out of inventory, and it will always be out of inventory. This will be something that I will use in the future. I'm not going to put it back into the garage and then sell it to someone else as brand new or almost new, depending on how you uh, call it or label it on Amazon. So if you decide, I'm going to take this out, and this is going to be my new challah cover, or my friend's new challah cover, I'm never going to sell it. So if Shalom Zaman Orach Paskins, it's based on Rabbi Kiveger, and Machlekes with the Taz, the Magan Avram, we won't get into it. But halachically, one could rely on Shalom Zaman Orbach, and you can take it out of inventory permanently. So whether it's a challah knife, or a challah cover, or a safer, or a book, Whatever situation is, I don't know, a costume, whatever it is, that you, that when Shabbos came in, you, in your mind, this was not going to be used because it was merchandise, but because you're now, you're saying, hey, I'm controlling it. I'm saying that this is going to be my challah cover going forward. So halacha is that you took it out of muksa and you could, in fact, use it on Shabbos as long as you're not ever going to put it back and sell it back, you know, as Chayra, so that's a good Eitzah if a person is stuck.